perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. All right, and welcome to another edition of the Metal Podcast. The only show that only kind of lives up to its name. I am AC, and I am joined with the most forgetful, but the most lovable co-host anyone could possibly have. DJ, how are you doing? I am uh, amazing, and we have a special episode today, but uh, take it away, AC. Hope you're doing well. Well, I am doing well, and today we have uh, a, gu- a guest, the, the third guest. In the I already forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's why I'm here to pick up the slack. Yeah. The legend. The outlaw, the maverick, the only man whose guitar squeals could match the pitch of the King Diamond himself, ladies and gentlemen. Andy LaRoque, how are you doing today, sir? Very good. Thank you. Well, you guys, all good? I'm good. Oh, fantastic. Appreciate you uh, hopping on with us and indulging us. No problem. You know, it's going to be great. Oh, Andy, yeah, what, no have, what, have, what have you been up to these days? Um, to make a, a long story short, um, the last tour we did was in the U.S. and we jumped off that tour in December uh, 2019, and that was right before the pandemic broke out. So since then, we haven't been on the road. I mean, not a single show. We've been composing some songs, and I've been, you know trying to survive with bands in the studio because that's what i do you know when i'm not out with king diamond touring and and writing music for king diamond um i'm a music producer mostly metal of course you know as you can imagine and uh but even then you know back in like the 20 or uh 2021 that was really hard because the borders were closed for a long time and uh you know bands wouldn't be able to to fly into Sweden, you know, as they used to do, you know. But I survived, and I'm here. And uh, you know, uh, last year and this year looks really good, you know, when it comes to to my producing and working with bands, you know. So uh, I just in the mixing mixing final mixing uh, phase, I would say, with a Norwegian band called Cold, and it's going to be next week. Also, you know, then we're done with that, you know. And uh, after that, you know, I'm I'm constantly working with things you know i mean i'm writing riffs for king diamond uh all the time you know and what does not fit you know for for uh for a king diamond song it ends up like something else you know in my library of songs i believe you know and uh in a couple of weeks um i'm going down to switzerland to start the start i would say the starting phase of a band recording they're going to come up to my studio later, but uh, going to start like going through songs and arrangements and all that. It's a band called Dark Flow. Um, it, it, it's going to be really interesting. So I, I'm going to go down to Switzerland in about two weeks, I believe, and start up everything with them, you know, so they can continue. And uh, after that, you know, I'm, I'm going to mix a U.S. band called uh, Dialyth. 
and you know it goes on and goes on you know until you know things gonna happen with uh, king diamond eventually and uh you're probably gonna ask me about this but uh you know we might be able to to uh come out next year for something i can't really tell you when or where you know but we're we're checking the possibilities to to uh really come out with something next year definitely wow. now do you and you mean <laughs> a, a do you mean a release or do you mean a tour a tour oh. mm. uh, uh, yeah and we're you know with with the okay. songs i mean we're working on that you know i mean if you wanted to tell me a little about about that you know it's we have songs i sent uh king a bunch of songs like a year and a half ago and we started working on them like arrangement wise and all that uh and then merciful fate came in between kind of you know they did their uh uh summer tour in europe mm -hmm. and also a u.s tour and then they're gonna record like a single or two i believe you know and as soon as they're done with that we're gonna go back and pick up where we ended with king diamond all the king diamond songs that we have you know and then of course king's gonna write his his share of the songs too you know and all the lyrics and stuff you know so it's a long procedure but we have started yeah dj has uh, unfortunately never seen king diamond live i haven't i haven't but i wear the shirt so i'm one of those i'm one of those people <laughs> but that's one cool, of my man. like it's like one of my big like i don't know if i can call it a regret yet or something that i need to see i need to see king bucket diamond. list yes bucket list i need to see king diamond in and uh i'll even you need to <laughs> What's yeah, that? you, you got to check it out you know next time we come to the u.s you know you got to let me know you know and uh it works oh out. yeah no That's doubt sure. oh that'd be amazing no oh, thank yeah. you Holy yeah I, I i actually uh i don't know what the tour was i i guess it was the deadly lullabies live tour it was the one with nile behemoth and uh the black dahlia murder i i was there yeah for that that's tour. right it was, it was the one 2000 and five i believe four or five yeah i think it was five yeah yeah that was where that i yeah i remember i was going to go with this guy who was like we have to see nile what's important is that we see nile and i was like yeah whatever <laughs> i don't care because uh, i i never heard of any of the opening bands because this was this was that era where they were mixing as many genres of metal as possible so it's not like like yeah. you go see cannibal corpse and then uh, deicide opens. It's, it's like, it wasn't something like that. It was like, you go see Metallica and Godsmack opens like bands that really don't cross over, but you know, they look like they're in the same section of hot topic together. So yeah, whatever. I can't yeah, okay. read the logo, yeah, put them <laughs> together. So that's how, so I didn't care. And then the first band that went on was behemoth. And, um, that was the first experience I had with an opening act that I actually enjoyed. Cool. So, yeah. so that, that, sh that show like, really sticks out in my head. And I, I remember uh, the, the whole set too. It closed cool. with, uh, with evil. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, behemoth, great band, you know, I mean, they were great back then, you know, and they're even better now, you know, and, uh, when it comes to us, you know, the live performance, you know, we always been focused on the live performances, but, uh, I would say the last 10 years really got into it and everything sounds so much better now live than it did back then, you know, even though, you know, we're proud of everything we did, of course, you know, uh, most of it at least. And, uh, but now everything is so together you know i mean we're a really good band and uh 
uh, yeah, everything just, you know, we, we play very well together now, I would say, you know. Well, I, I got, I have to ask you something, and this will tie into something I want to do at the very end. So this is something that I, I've kind of seen as kind of a, a newer trend. Like Danzig really does this, but as certain legacy acts, we'll call them, there's only a certain period in which you play songs from. Is there a specific reason why live you neglect a lot of the nineties stuff? Um, because there's still a lot of great songs yeah. like from the other side, mm-hmm. Loa house. Um, yeah. The pact trees have eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I guess there was just something very special, you know, with those like first, maybe five albums, you know, that just still, in my opinion, are, you know, amazing. You know, I mean, we, we captured something really cool on those albums, you know, and that feeling just, I guess, you know, lives on, you know, in a cool way, you know, so. Um, I agree with you, though, you know, that we, we made a lot of, uh, you know, we wrote a lot of good songs, you know, after that, of course, you know, it's just that the feel we had back then, you know, on those albums is just amazing, you know, in my opinion. Well, do you think that? And has- it seems to oh, sorry. be. Yep, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. It seems to be like that's the, the favorites of, from the audience, too. You know, they, they usually say, oh, play that and play that. And then, of course, you know, some songs pops up once in a while, you know, from like you know, Spider's Lullaby or uh, Voodoo or whatever, you know, but just once in a while, you know. So we we play what we like, but of course we listen to the fans too, you know. That's really important to do that, you know. So we try to to do a nice mix, you know, of, of both, you know. But it obviously ends up, you know, with the with the first uh, songs from the first five albums, you know. So I, I, I want to add to expand on that. So I, I, I know a guy... Who's been a you? You might even actually know him personally, but I, I won't say his name for the sake of this story. But he he told me this, and you know you can debunk it right now if you know for a fact this is true. But he told me that after Megadeth released "The World Needs a Hero," or right before actually, Dave said that if the band wasn't or if the album wasn't successful, he would disband Megadeth. And then the album was a critical and commercial failure. And then, oh, I can't play guitar ever again because uh, I slept on my hand wrong. But then Metal made kind of a comeback in 2003, 2004. So, you know, now he can play. So I, I wonder, is those, are those first five albums, is it just because that was a better period for metal? where that just feels like that. Cause I feel like everything in the nineties, cause it wasn't just, you know, King diamond had you know, a lesser, a critical reception in the nineties, but it was everyone like Dio was playing in like 900 person clubs. So like the nineties yeah. were just kind of a lull for metal. And we, on this show, we, we do stand by that <laughs> metal was actually artificially removed from the mainstream. It wasn't like it was a fad that was popular in the eighties. And then now, oh, 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 it's just, no, no one's interested in it anymore. Cause I, I, I refuse to believe that 10 years later, people would rather hear limp biscuit than iron maiden. I just, I refuse mm-hmm. to believe that. So is it possible that just yeah. 
that's just the era where it just felt more comfortable. Cause I read that you said that the spider's lullaby was the most difficult record to record just because you had a whole new band essentially. That's correct. I mean, there was a whole new band coming into the studio and that was a totally new environment. You know, we uh, entered a new studio, different producer, everything was so different uh, than what we were used to. So, so that also, you know, affects how everything turned out on that album, I believe, you know, but as you said, you know, back in the eighties, metal was like bigger probably, but I wouldn't say that that affects, you know, what song we, we choose or anything like that. It's just, you know, we pick out what we think is good. And uh, as I said earlier, you know, like a mix between what the, what the, what people want to hear and what we like to play, you know. But still, you know, I think we capture something really magic on those first albums that's uh, hard to recreate, you know. I mean, we try to do that, of course, you know, I mean, with certain things, you know, but sometimes it's just, you know, the original kind of feel that we had for the for those albums I, I, I'm mentioning, you know, it's just unique. And I do appreciate that, especially as a fan, because I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know what? You're wrong. The graveyard is actually the best King Diamond record. That's not true. I thought I would never say that ever. So I, I do like that you draw from the well that is what the people like. And I do think those are the the premier albums. And it, it's funny because we, we talk about Megadeth a lot. This might, this might as well be the Megadeth podcast. Right. <laughs> and, and it's the opposite problem that Megadeth has. Because we always say, why do they not play from the records that made them mm-hmm. popular? And they really only play the singles from a few of them. And, it's, and they completely ignore... Killing is my business, right. except for sometimes the mechanic. But, but what made King Diamond popular was those first five albums. So it's only natural that you would want to play from those because it's not just what well, you're popular and, uh, well, I, oh, we have to, we have to play these crappy songs. Well, those are actually good songs. And Abigail I, yeah. is probably my favorite produced record of all time. And I, and I said, and I, and I, and I do say regularly that the black album is probably the best produced record of all time. And I, I also regularly say that I despise that record. I, I do not like any of the songs on it except for unforgiven, but Abigail has this combination of like eerie sound, but pristine at the same time. Mm -hmm. It, 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 it's. It's like the perfect eighties metal record. Like when you think like, what is metal? It, it is Abigail. And that's not my favorite King Diamond album. My favorite album is conspiracy. Oh, Abigail. that's mine too. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? But then record? again, you know, when, when, when you talk to people, you know, they, they, they didn't, I mean, I meet a lot of people, you know, that they did not start listening to King Diamond you know, and the first couple of albums, maybe they started like later with like, as you mentioned, you know, Graveyard. That was the first album they started to listen to or, or Spider's Lullaby. And that has become, you know, their favorite album, you know? So it's of course very different, you know, what people think, you know? 
there's still a nostalgia um, factor. Like I listened to this first, so it, it sticks with me. Like this is the thing that got me into yeah. the band. So there is still that. And yeah. I think that's why a lot of people really like their grip on the black album is like Kung Fu because that was their gateway to the broader metal movement because Metallica was still very yeah. accessible. And at that time, like you, you listen to the black album, like what else is there? Well, rust in peace is, is new. The eye is new altars of madness. There's still plenty of solid metal records at that time. I, cause I, I was one of those people. I didn't know about merciful fate. I came upon King diamond and then I later found out, Oh, there's more King diamond. Oh, is another band. And I do like merciful fate. And I am one. And I, it's not just cause you're on the show. I do think King diamond is the superior band. It's, it's just, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's like eighties priest versus seventies priest. Like seventies priest is still very good. It's just eighties yeah. priest is the more traditional heavy metal sound. It doesn't have that, like that transition from like the stoner rock to the hard rock that, that even like the first maiden record has. What, what is your favorite King diamond record? My favorite King Diamond record is probably Abigail. I mean, if you look at the whole picture, you know, I mean, we captured a unique atmosphere on that album. You know, we we did a few tours together before we started recording that, you know, and we went into the studio recording Fatal Portrait, you know, like a year and a half earlier. So we got to play together, you know, for a couple of tours, got to know each other and, uh, rehearsed a long time before we went into the studio so i think you know we just captured something very unique and uh that's that's my favorite album definitely abigail yeah and it's it's kind of it's it's refreshing that because abigail it's not my favorite but I, I i would say every song on it is like a perfectly constructed song where it's the, the album that made King diamond like established, like, yes, this, this is a, a band that is cemented in hard rock, but everyone kind of agrees that this is, this is the album and not very many bands. I think have that like it, like Metallica's go-to album is the black album. Do you like Metallica? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not that I listen to them every day, but of course, you know, I think they made some great songs, you know? What is your favorite Metallica album? Is it the Black Album? It's probably the Black Album. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> all right, and that's the show. I thank everyone. <laughs> but 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 uh, my my but point again, being was, I think most people are kind of all over the place with the with um like Ride the Lightning to the Black Album. Yeah, like the right. Black Album's the big one, but when if you yeah. see someone in a Metallica shirt, it's either Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. But the the yeah. best album from their the their early years is probably Injustice for All, except they turned the bass off, <laughs> which yeah, makes exactly. it sound so bad. Have you have yeah. you heard the the mixes that like they're on YouTube where people have added the bass back in? Have you heard it? I really no no. It yeah it it sounds so good because Jason Newstead is such an aggressive bass player. And, and I've, I've yeah. said this since high school, the bass players in Metallica have oddly always outshined every member of the band, which is weird for a band. That's not like a funk band. And you, you can listen to like the bass on 
particularly one and Dyer's Eve. Like it's just so punchy and it sounds so good. It, it is like, it's, yeah, I can't imagine it. it, it it's a, a one eighty. It changes the album completely. And it's one of those wow, things cool. like, cause DJ and I used to play music live. Like for years, we just didn't have a bass player because you, you, it, it is, it's something that's not as important live because everything is so loud, but having it in this, <laughs> like in a studio recording, it's so important. And then they just, yeah. they just, they just turned it off. <laughs> yeah. No, I think justice, you know, it's a great album, you know, but I mean, if you look at the overall picture, you know, the black album is just, it sounds good. Uh, great songs. I mean, the whole thing is just very good. You know what I mean? And um, I would say Ride Lightning too, of course, you know, it's a great album. You know, it's like this raw kind of, you know, 80s kind of metal, you know, which is good too, you know. Well, but, I mean. Well, and yeah, it's raw the black without album sounding just, like crap yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Like the, um, like killing is my business is a really rough listen to like the original recording of it. It's, it's so it almost sounds like a production. Yeah. Yeah. Like that to, to rust in peace. It's, it's just such a monumental change because you've, you've been producing since the eighties, right? No, I would say I started produce, uh, I mean, I've been involved in the King Diamond process, of course, you know, but uh, when I started up uh, my studio, that was back in 95. So that's when I really started to get into producing other bands and working with other bands. Was that? It's it's soon 30 years. Okay. So did that that start, that was analog still, right? Or were you starting? Yes, it was. That was what I was. That was analog. That's what I was going to get at is like, what, how has the analog to digital process really? and affected you as your producer brain um i think it's just you know good going over to digital you know because it's so much easier to do things you know if you want to move around things and i mean the undo button there wasn't an undo (laughs) button on an analog tape machine you know i mean (laughs) that's that's a really good thing nowadays you know so I, i i wouldn't go back to tape. Everyone said that tape sounds so good, you know. But then again, you know, there is a lot of maintenance on a tape machine and analog outboard gear, of course. And nowadays, you can simulate or emulate, you know, everything, you know. So it sounds like a tape machine, whatever you want to do, you know. It's it's getting really, really good with that. So I wouldn't, you know, go back to to a tape machine again, never, ever again, you know. Well, I, I recently released an album uh, I, I did all the parts on it. I, I produced, uh, you know, I mixed and mastered it. Uh, I'm sure someone like you might hear it and say, oh yeah, you definitely did it all by yourself. You know, hold your nose in, in the air. <laughs> well, I, 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 I go with the cope like, oh, you know, it sounds like, you know, eating back to life or, you know, uh, alters of badness, which is my way of saying it. It sounds like uh, right. it was recorded by a bunch of 16 year olds uh, over the holiday weekend that didn't know what they were doing. Right. Send but, me links, man. Send me links. Oh, sure. I, I, I love to. I, and I am very proud of the album itself. I do think it suffers in the production, but the point I was getting at is I had to use a drum machine because I'm here by myself, you know, in a, a small little studio and I haven't played drums in 15 years. 
but there is an actual right. filter on it that says it's like 1980s tape. Huh. All right, cool. Yeah, so like there, you can emulate every sound. Have you ever seen the movie Ghost World? Nope. Okay, well, there's a there's a scene in it. It's you know this is not like a recommendation, but there is a scene in it where someone is talking about vinyl versus CD. And then someone mm-hmm. saying vinyl sounds better. And the, the, the counter argument is, well, it all comes down to your sound system. If you have a really good sound system, you won't be able to hear the difference. And I think today with things sounding, you know, with everything being digital, there is a problem in music where a lot of things are overproduced, mm-hmm. but you don't have to make it sound so perfect. You can. You can leave it a little more raw, and that's not me saying like I intentionally did that. I tried to make mine sound as good as possible, but you know that's you know first time doing it. But almost every artist that I hear now, check out this new band. Everything sounds like all the dials are turned up to ten. Like it just there are no flaws in anything. You can make anything sound perfect now, and that's that's not a bad thing. Like why do you want your record to sound bad? Like, do you, do you like mm. Boston? Oh, I love Boston. Like their first record like that. Like imagine if that sounded like, uh, do you know the band absurd? No, I probably heard name, but no. Yeah. It's I'm like a black, it's sure. a black metal band. They're they're I think they're pretty bad. I, I know a, a lot of people like them, but I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think they recorded their, their first release in a van on an answering machine down by the river. I don't know if it was down by the wow. river. It might've been, I think that's just where they were living. Yeah. I, and I don't know if that's true or if that's what people said, but that's what the, what the, the release sounds like. So you take that first Boston release and then you suck all the, the, like the production out of it. It's not the same. What, what gives a lot of those, the, the releases of that era, like another good example is, um, the Alan Parsons project. Like they mm-hmm. just, they have these really nice sounds and people undervalue good production because people don't even think about it. Cause especially now, cause everything is digital and every artist, uh, I'm sure you've heard the name Lil John, the rapper. John? Do you not know it? That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, oh, I, I was told that he charged $250,000 to produce a song, just one. Wow. Yeah. So you have all these releases from these major artists and like everything sounds perfect. So people don't realize because it's just, everything sounds good. So people don't realize how, how important production is. And a lot of things that come out now, they're so synthesized and so sterile that there, there's no, there's no heart. No, mm-hmm. where's the love? No soul. Yeah, I yeah. agree. You know, I, I really agree. No doubt. And that's that's also something we talked about. You know, for the next King Diamond album, if I may, you know, <laughs> please do. <laughs> no, no, no. Talk do about it. that. You know? do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't want it to be like you know sterile. You know, and just like you know. We want it to be humanized. We want it to be like organic, you know, the next album for sure, you know, and going back a little bit to to not like totally eightish sound, you know, but a little step, you know, back to 
things, you know, from the past kind of, you know, when it comes to the production, like uh, recording a lot of stuff, you know, in with, with good microphones and good, you know, analog preamps and, and good analog outboard gear also makes that happening, you know, and uh, it doesn't really have to be perfect everywhere. If there's something that's a little, you know, whatever, that sticks out a bit, that's cool, you know. I mean, if you listen to the Oba albums, you know, some crazy stuff going on in the background, you know, which is good, you know. So it doesn't really have to be computerized or mm-hmm. sterile or, you know, like uh, put, uh, you know, together in, in, in a perfect way, you know. I mean, the feeling is more important, I believe, you know, than, you know, than anything else you know well and and that's why i love that that i don't want to call it minimalist but just Mm -hmm. records in the 80s they just had this sound that i don't think has ever been really properly emulated do you like creator yeah it's not you know again something i listen to every day but yeah cool stuff well they yeah they they had an album i want to say it was 2008 or nine I can't remember. It was the one after enemy of God and they decided like, we want to do this how we did it in the eighties. And I'm not saying okay. you, you should do this. I mean, this, that, this is just kind of like extreme measures. They, they recorded the whole thing on an eight track. Wow. It, and mm-hmm. it, it, and it doesn't sound bad. It sounds good. It, it sounds eighties, but it doesn't sound like their first two releases, which are extremely underproduced. But it it has a like a raw sound without sounding like crackly and hollow, like they recorded it in a hanger. It it sounds good, and there's something to records being. I don't I don't want to say not so overproduced because that sounds stupid, but not so pristine, not so digital, not so perfect. Like you know, have give give me a little reverb, you know, give give me a little. Or especially yeah, with King Diamond. Sure. King Diamond is like <laughs> the quintessential spooky band. Like, you know, get, give, give me that sense like I'm listening to it and like wind is blowing and I hear the leaves flow, like rustling everywhere. And, you know, I, I feel a chill down my spine, you know, and I, and I, yeah. I really, I didn't get that with, um, with Abigail two and the puppet master and give me your soul. Like those albums sound, they, they don't have that, that eighties production. Mm-hmm. Not that they're, those albums are bad. And, and the, the album, this, all the songs are good. They're, you know, it's, they're, they're the best records since the eighties. Well, uh, I think, okay. Abigail two is better than the eye. I think. The I, I feel bad because I've listened okay. to it multiple times and I only know two songs from it. <laughs> it's like, right, I, like, right. it, like it comes up on my iPod. I'm like, what song is this? Like, Father Pickard. Like, oh yeah, this song. <laughs> feel bad because I, I just always hear it. It's just so unforgettable. And it's not that it's, it's not bad. It's just, I think that was the transition from that 80s production into the 90s production, which yeah. Uh, Spiders and Lullaby, I think, does have that '80s production, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting. Just, okay, uh, yeah, I, I I think that album is underrated, and and I think it's just the era then which it came out. Like Testament, um, two of my favorite records are Low and Demonic, and I think it was just 
around that time, uh, I think metal kind of went into remission because like bands like System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, Corn, the new metal, Biscuit, yeah. new metal got pushed, yeah. and that stuff had yeah. no staying power. Like you, you can go to see a local metal night or whatever, any, any bar that's playing like, you know, upcoming metal bands or not even upcoming, just local ones. And you're going to still see people making thrash metal bands, people still doing black metal, death metal, people still doing like traditional heavy metal. No one is doing new metal anymore like, mm-hmm. it, it, for the same reason. No one's doing grunge anymore. And, you know, and yeah. I, I, and I do for the most part, I like a lot of the grunge bands, not all of them, but for how big it was, it didn't have any staying power. Like sure. Pearl jam is still big. You know, Alice in Chains, despite the unfortunate death of Lane Staley, like there's, they're still touring and like, they're still doing you know, big festivals, but where, where are your other grunge bands? And they're not around, yeah. but they're still metal. That being said, Andy, what is your favorite record by ABBA? By ABBA? <laughs> wow. National it's probably Treasure. Arrival. Okay, good. I knew you liked ABBA. Yeah, <laughs> great songs. I mean, in general, I mean, great songs. You know, I didn't really, well, when I was like 11, 12 years, 13 years old, you know, I thought, you know, great melodies and all that stuff, you know, but it wasn't cool, you know. No to be an ABBA fan, you know, and just, you know, a little bit later, I got into more, you know, glam rock and metal, you know, so then ABBA is like, oh, that's for girls, you know, but I mean, when you, when you listen to it now, it's like amazing things, you know, it's wow. Great songs. Definitely. Well, there, there's like a, almost a, a human need to rebel. And ABBA is so popular. If they're popular, they must not be cool. Like my dad likes ABBA. There's no way ABBA is cool. Cause if my dad likes it, it can't be cool. And this is something that I was like, I was, I was 100% like this in high school. Like there were like, I secretly loved journey, but I was the guy, like I had hair down to my, my butt and I wore boots up to my knees, leather jacket. Like I was (laughs) the metal guy, but no one could know that I liked journey. And on my iPod, I renamed journey. So if anyone was no like, and there was a bunch of acts that I like. And, and, and again, it's, it's not just, I mean, I'm bringing it up cause you're here, but I really like ace of bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, right. and, and these are all things that it's just like like when when you're wearing like morbid angel or whatever whatever pick your metal band mm-hmm. shirts like they're really dark and scary ones like you know you got like a slayer live undead shirt on you can't let anyone know that you like this cheesy pop was was <laughs> was d light from sweden who uh, d light it's like d-e-e-e dash l-i-t they do that song Groove is in hot. It's no, it's they were so familiar with that because there was a there was a, a brief stint in the nineties where there was these Euro techno dance acts mm-hmm. and they were all all of them okay. were just from various parts of Europe like uh, like rednecks uh, 
the real yeah, McCoy. Swedish, yeah, yeah uh, obviously Ace of Base, D Light. There was yeah. it was just like a flash in the pan. They were all really Alice DJ. They were all popular for a very brief window, and I mm. love that stuff. Like I don't like modern dance music or whatever pop is. I I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. That okay. being said. Andy, is there anything like if it comes on the radio or like whatever you're at the mall or I pick a, pick a place where music that you don't have control over plays that, that like you really do not like or anything that you just, Oh, this I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. And tell us we, the, the, the no, world, that's fine. Is, you know, I, the I world totally is agree with dying that, you know, to know. <laughs> No, I'm in the same way, kind of, you know, and, you know, I'm working with heavy metal, like, at least five days a week. I mean, at least five days a week, I'm working with different bands and doing a lot of, you know, music, you know, myself and whatever, you know, different bands, artists, whatever. And when you go home, the last thing you want to hear, what is that? Metal. Rap. Oh. Seriously, <laughs> because you know you get so you know full of metal. You get home, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you get home, you want to have you know quiet. That's that's you know that's a recharge. You know, I mean that that's necessary for me just to recharge. You know, from from no metal at all. You know, something completely different, something in the background. You know, if there has to be any music at all. You know. That's uh, that's how I work, you know. But then again, I mean, can you imagine working with metal, which I really enjoy and love, uh, you know, five, six days a week, you know, that's that's great, you know. But I mean, then go home and listening to whatever, Abba. Know, metal. <laughs> yeah, Abba, that's that's all right to do that, you know. But I mean, it, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's tough to go home and then, you know, continuing to listen to metal for another six hours, you know, that's, that's not happening. And, and you, you really do have to do that because that, that's what happened to me. And you, you need that to keep going because I, I was at that point where, cause you know, we, we, used to, we played a lot of metal. We were going to a lot of shows. We were, and we mm-hmm. weren't just like going to shows like, Hey, it's our friend's band or like, Hey, it's, it's Megadeth. And then tomorrow it's Slayer or something like that. Like we were just going yeah. to local shows all the time. And then eventually I did get burned out and I just, I just like cut it off completely like 180. And I'm like, all right, eighties pop, let's do it. Cause it was the furthest thing <laughs> from metal. And, and through that I developed a love for, and then, you know, this came out years later because that wasn't a thing at the time. Uh, but synth wave. Do you like Synthwave? Uh, what is that? So Synthwave, it, it's... it's A Synthwave. Synthwave, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Are we talking about old, like... Um, no, it's modern. British... No. Oh, really? Synthwave. Okay, no, so I'm what, not familiar with that. Sorry. So, yeah, what it is, it's it's kind of a, a new thing. Like, I don't know when it... Because it, it pretty much got popular from the movie Drive but that movie's from 2011. So it, it is like the last 15 years, but it, it's music that's supposed to sound like eighties soundtracks. Like not, mm. not necessarily like bands like Depeche mode or the cars or erasure or stuff like that. 
or camouflage, but it's, it's supposed to sound like uh, essentially John Carpenter movies. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's all contemporary artists. It, like you can just go on YouTube and there'll be multiple channels, like 24 seven synth wave. And then they'll have ones that sound like horror movies and it'll be called dark wave. And it, it, it's, it's really, really good. And it's, okay. it's what I like to put on. Cause a lot of it is instrumental. Like some of them, they, they do have vocals and those really sound like eighties pop. Like it sounds like, like Kylie Minogue or like Madonna, or the, the oh, go-go's yeah. like, it really sounds like it. You'd, you'd, you'd have no idea that it was contemporary, but I put that on okay. when I'm like reading, but then I'll go like, I'm all right. I'm at, I'm exercising. All right. I need a little aggression. I, I can't, I can't have like you know, that electronic snare and, and some keyboards like to, to get to the next rep. So then the metal comes back on. Like you can't just immerse yourself in one thing. You, you, no matter what, pick, pick pick, Mm -hmm. pick a thing, metal music, uh, uh, surf and turf, uh, uh, (laughs) screwball comedies, weightlifting like you will get burned out no matter what yeah. it is like you you need a break so you're you're doing metal five days a week and it's probably eight to 12 hours i don't know i know those sessions can run along maybe some days they're shorter exactly. maybe some days they're longer you come home to metal and then eventually you're just gonna say i'm done and then and that's not just listening to the music it's probably producing it because your brain can't handle that much you need to you need to recharge. You need to give your brain a break. Exactly. That's, that's what it's all about, you know, and to get inspired to write your own music too, you really need that break in between sessions in the studio. And, you know, I mean, you can only take it in for so long, you know, and then you, you have to have that break. That's for sure. You know, that's why I, I don't really, you know, I live about an hour, uh, south of Gothenburg, which is a really good, you know, town for metal. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bands come that comes from from Gothenburg. Like, isn't Flames that where uh, ba- isn't that where Batman comes from? <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Swedish <laughs> Batman course. comes from Gothenburg. <laughs> yeah, Swedish, Swedish Batman. Batman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. You know, oh, that's but you know, there 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 are actually a lot of concerts going on there. You know, but I you know. It's just if there's something really, really interesting, you know, I go there or friends of mine play, you know, but if it's not, you know, it's, it's not that I'm going to an average metal show, you know, and just hang out, you know, because I've probably been working for like five or six days that week, you know, and then going to a metal concert is like, whoa, no, I don't think so. No. Well, when I was in high school, like I, there was a point where I was going to a show every night and I, I meet people around me that just, oh, you want to go to a show? And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. And and it's because I've mm-hmm. I've done enough. So like the, the experience, it's not as fresh as it was when I was a kid. We're like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? It, the, the high is, it's not there. You know, I built up that tolerance. And so let's just, let's say, we'll ignore anything before this, but you have been with King Diamond since Fatal Portrait. So that's, yeah. 38 years or 37, that was 86, right? 30, 85, 38 years. Okay. Yes. 38 years. Wow. So for 38 years, you've, we'll, we'll just, we're just pretending you did nothing before then. 
you have been around either studio or live music, nothing is new for you under the sun. It's not like, you know, you're not 16 <laughs> and then this is the first time you've like, do you want to see this metal band? And what, like, what would it take to see something new at this point in your career? That's basically been at 40 years. Um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I mean, if there's something really interesting, which, you know, yeah, exactly. I, you, ha- you, know, you can't even really fathom any- it. Yeah. You can't yeah. even <laughs> fathom exactly. it. Well, I have a question too, because I want to <laughs> ask, oh, yeah, what's please, that? Oh, I was going to say, uh, like at, at your level, can you even learn anything else on the guitar? Cause I see that you're on, um, individual thought patterns. So you oh, have yeah, cross right. paths with Chuck Schuldner. So DJ's did favorite. You, did you, that is one of my favorites. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, what did you either learn from him or, or like teach him? I'm trying to, I'm, yeah. Yeah. What did you teach him too? Cause I saw that you kind of were like a hired gun where it kind of said that, uh, you would just come in without really preparing, not really on your part, but Chuck just wanted you to come in and solo and do your thing. And I think you've got, you're a humble guy saying, well, no, I prepared a little bit or, or whatever, but kind of curious on, on that. Cause that's, you know, death is a little different than King Diamond, but. Yeah. I mean, you're around one of the greatest to ever the pick legends. up the, the, the yeah, one of the another legend. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I got the question from from the record company at that time, which which was uh, Road Race Records in mm-hmm. New York, and they uh, they knew Chuck, and Chuck's been a fan of King Diamond, and he actually went down to a few shows too when we wow. played in Florida, you know, back in the days. And I met him, you know, like briefly, but you know. That's about it. And then I got this question from, from the record label, you know. They asked me if I wanted to go to to, to Florida and record uh, some stuff with the death. And we didn't really do anything with King Diamond at that time. Yeah, that was when Merciful so, Fate got back together. Okay. Exactly. That was during that time, like back during, in uh, early piece of, 1990. Piece of time, yeah. right? Um, or was it just called Time? Time. Yeah, I can't. I can't really recall, you know. But this was this was like late '92 that I got that request. Yeah, and um, I flew over in, I guess February or March, maybe in 1993, and Chuck sent me, or you know, Chuck sent me a cassette tape with like parts, you know, from the songs and stuff, like a demo. So I I was prepared just a little bit, you know, on the parts and memorized it, you know, and played along with some stuff, you know. And then when we got over to the studio, I really sat there in the hotel room and worked pieces out, you know, and worked the parts out and then into the studio and recording, you know. So I wasn't, of course, you know, super, super uh, prepared for it, you know. It's just like take it as it comes and do your best and improvise and, you know, compose the solos at night in, in the hotel room, go into the studio in the morning and record it, you know. That's what I did. And that's then later, Chuck, um, asked me if I wanted to join the band, but uh, I was really busy with everything at that time, you know. Uh, My second kid was on his way, and uh, I was just tired of touring because we tired really intensely with King Diamond the years before that, you know. So that was another, you know, good break, kind of, you know. That was just just good for me to have a little break for everything. But going on with the Florida recording with with, uh, Death and Chuck and, you know, 
everyone was a really cool and different thing you know we got along very well you know and everyone took care of me when i came to the studio scott burns was the producer at that time great guy you know produced wow. every and, uh, floor yeah. in the death metal record <laughs> yeah great guy man and uh, i just had a good time there you know i was there for about 10 days you know to record my stuff wow yeah. That's crazy to me. <laughs> well, when you think about it, the first Possessed record, I think they recorded it over spring break when they were in high school, that whole record. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I think that was in the studio for about maybe four or five weeks, something like that, you know? Totally, you know, but I was there for about 10 days, you know, and record a little bit, you know, every day, you know? Right, yeah. And then, she, and then oh, yeah, go ahead, AC. I was going to say, yeah, he just, you weren't there like when they were recording drums and bass and the vocals, you were just right. no. do your part. Yeah. No. No, and the thing is, this is this is pretty funny though, because uh Gene Hoagland, he left the atomic the clock. day before or the same day I arrived to, to Florida, you know, he left. So I never had the chance to meet him. Steve was there, the Giorgio. Yeah. He was in the studio for a couple of days, you know, then he had to go. But it took me actually more than 20 years until i met gene and then i met him at the festival in in belgium <laughs> and you guys you were know, on an album crazy. together that was crazy 20 years you know yeah. like never met you know and then you know crazy that's, that's that was cool. and then after that i met him a couple of times actually you know and uh, that was cool that well that reminds me of a, a story that ryan said ryan was uh, the guitar player in a band dj and i were in and um I wasn't, I originally, I was not the singer. I, I was the third singer and at the time was our second singer. And Ryan said, it's funny. I was in the band with this guy for months and I never met him because by the time like he, <laughs> we were going to do a show with this new guitar player, our singer, he left. <laughs> so this guy was just in a band. They just never met. But now yeah. I'm sure you cross paths with everybody. It's, it's, a, it's a different world. Not, it's kind of like, uh. I don't want to say it's like retirement, but it's just like everybody like knows everyone in, in the metal world now. It, there's no, there's no real like com competition. Like even like, okay, Megadeth and Metallica played multiple like tours together at this point. So it's like the hatchets have been buried. Yeah. No bad blood. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people that don't like people, but that's oh, yeah. an individual <laughs> thing. As opposed to maybe back in the past when, you know, you're younger, you're in your twenties, your, your blood is a, is a little hotter. So it's easier to rub someone the wrong way, but you know, you get older and you just, ah, I don't have the energy to fight anyone more. Yeah. I mean, enjoy life and have a good time. You know I mean? What's wrong with that? Nothing. You know, exciting. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I remember when I was like around maybe 25, you know, uh, I had, you know, I felt that I had, you know, when you're younger, it's like, wow, you know, all the guitar heroes around, like, uh, whatever, Paul Gilbert, uh, Ingram Malmsteen, you know, mm. you name it, you know, and the pressure was really hard to, to do, you know, really cool, fast uh, stuff, you know, and walking out on stage, you know, and having that pressure, that was like, different back then when you were younger than it is now i mean when i walk out on stage now i just do my thing 
and you know if a string string breaks or whatever the guitar breaks down whatever <laughs> i don't give a shit you know shit happens <laughs> Get and i'm just <laughs> so much more relaxed with the whole music business and, and mm. you know the competition and everything nowadays than i was when i was like 22 years old or 25 years old you know so and of course it has changed in my opinion too the whole you know thing with it you know has changed you know to to the better you know in that sense you know well, yeah, in some areas, yes. Uh, is Mike still some there? areas? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say some areas. Yeah. yeah. Is is Mike Weed still on in the on the upcoming album? Yes. Yeah. He's on. He's in the band. Okay. It's so be it's... Matt Thompson, Mike Weed, Pontus Egberg on the bass, and of course King, you know, vocals. Ah, oh, haven't replaced him yet. Hmm. Oh well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to do that. <laughs> Oh, ah. And again, I want to I want to say something else. You know, I talked about earlier. You know, it's not that I I don't go to to metal concert because I do, yeah. but I don't go to metal concerts every day that yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. used to do mm. back in the days. You know? Right. But it's got to be something special, you know, like uh, a band I really want to see coming to 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 the city, or something different, you know, or friends of mine playing somewhere you know that's that's really cool to hang out with friends you know that that's cool man that's good yeah well how many bands have you toured with that's the thing is like you've you've probably seen you like you've probably like on a regular basis seen bands that you would want to see live just like for like a whole year so it, it's it's not as simple as just like well, hey, this band's coming to town. It's like, I toured with them. Like, I don't need to see them again. Like, you know, I got stuff to do. I got to watch their the, albums. I, I got to watch The Simpsons tonight, or the Swedish equivalent. <laughs> um, I think the, the cool thing, you know, when you tour with a lot of bands, is that you become friends, you know, with everyone, you know, which is great, you know. And if 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 you know they're playing around and I have a chance to go there, you know, I would definitely do that. You know, that's that's. Of course, you know, I'll do that. But um, it's not I'm actively, you know, searching, you know, for, okay, who's playing this weekend, you know, and stuff, you know, I don't do that, you know. It's like usually people tell me, hey, do you know that this band is playing in Gothenburg like uh, uh, next week or whatever, you know, you want to come, you know, sure, cool, man, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's not the event that it used to be, but like, hey, you know, could be a fun thing to, to get together with nice people and listen to music. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's that yeah. at this point. Yeah, like yeah. When, yeah. People say, do you want to go see this band? Like, no, I don't. But it's like, do you want to go see this band with me and my friends? Yes, that sounds fun. It's, it's, I don't, at the, I'm at that point where like I've seen uh, almost all of my favorite bands. Like I have seen Venom. I've seen Celtic Frost. Now I haven't seen Merciful Fate, but I've seen King Diamond play Merciful Fate songs. So like I, I've yeah. seen the bands that matter. I've seen Motorhead. I've seen Megadeth, I, Exodus Testament. I've seen Testament or no, I've seen Exodus seven times. I saw Behemoth right. like seven times in two years. Like I, I've All seen right. enough. Yeah. I, that was the weirdest thing. Cause I never heard of this band. And then just every time I, I went to a concert that year, just Behemoth is the opening act. Like they opened for Morbid Angel. They opened for Danzig. They opened for Guar. It was the weirdest thing. Just never seeing this band and then now only seeing this band. And I got to the point where someone's like, hey man, Behemoth's playing here. Do you want to go? Like, no, I've seen them enough. I've seen them more than most bands. 
Yeah. So it's so I it's am at that point where it's 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 not about seeing live bands. It's about wanting to be in that environment at that time. But yeah. when, when we're talking about uh, certain things, like how things have changed, um, I want to read some lyrics to you. I want to tell. I want. I want to get your uh, opinion on this. This is a a oh, new good. phenomenon. It's called drill rap. Have you heard of this? No. What band? No, it's not a band. It's it's a genre called drill rap. Oh, genre. Okay, okay. I thought yeah, yeah. the lyrics was from from. Okay, okay. No, no, no. So, because because you were talking about like you know when you're in your twenties, you know you feel a little more, you know you got you got the fire pumping. You mm, know? Yeah. So this this is a whole <laughs> genre of people who will say got the fire pumping, and then you know this is and this is a, a big thing. It's not like. You know, you go on YouTube and there's 17 views. Like, you know, we got like 10, 20, 30, 40 million views on, on these acts. 70 so th- million on some. Some, yeah. So this is yeah. a song called uh, Viral by Wapa with the Choppa. So here's the, the, the lyrics. Uh, Blayat, A big wop in this bitch. A gang A, 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 A. My Glock in my pants. Make an end go viral TikTok, but he dead. Get stepped on like a toe in this bitch. Smoke an end <laughs> like a port in this bitch. And you know I'm cutthroat, throwing fours in this bitch. Disrespectful end called your girl a hoe and a bitch. 187 was the youngest end with them double clips. No bap, really shot an end with my brother. Shit. We'll make an end famous. Put him on the news quick. That boy on the TV gang. News for Jack's that end. Never worked for the government, but we taxed that end. <laughs> what class that one's good. when he graduating? Damn, they clapped that end. Rolling up a whole three five, but this fat little end laced up my black forces. Been a slide on your street. I've been watching your house all night like that bitch TV. And no, we spin this bitch again like a DVD. Now in the eighties, that would be like a record, you know, cause you don't really spin DVDs, but they do spin uh, big gun <laughs> knocked him out of space. Call that boy ET. <laughs> they like WAP is you blood. Why you always throwing bees? They say WAP is you cuz all these blues on me. Stop asking all them questions for I put your ass on a T. I don't know what that means. Got a chopper from the Swiss Army knife, and that bitch makes beats. A, and you know, I'm I'm not going to read the whole song because it just you know it's okay, more, wow. <laughs> more doesn't doesn't sound like a metal song from the eighties. Sure. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I literally wow. got nothing from that. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy, uh, man. Yeah. So he, you understand? I mean, half of the half of the sentences, you know, it's like no. it's like. Not English. <laughs> no. Well, and, and, and so so there to to add a little context to this because this is something DJ and I have talked about a, a few times. So this is a genre. It's not like these people aren't just like rapping about violent things. They they genuinely are criminals that kill other people. Like these are straight yeah. up violent murderers. Yeah, and, we have seen that in Sweden. Quite you know, there's been oh, a lot of stuff like that going on here. You know. Well, and I was going to comment that um, in England, one of these groups, they got their lyrics banned because they were actually a violent gang. Because th- this is what they do. They they rap about the actual crimes they have committed. Like, they'll be like, yeah. and then I, dro- and I shot him in the chest and I dropped the gun for 
uh, meters from the dumpster. And then I got in the red uh, sedan and then I drove down Fifth Street. And it's like, well, the crime report yeah. says that a guy was yeah. shot in the chest. The, the gun was four meters from <laughs> the dumpster. And then witness saw someone get into a red sedan and head down Fourth Like it, Like, that's just, just what they do. And uh, with metal, I I feel a little bit more like it touches my soul. Like I it it like the music hits hits me in a certain way, but the lyrics also tell some sort. Of, well, King Diamond specifically tells a story, but like I, I feel like they're like I I don't want to sound like a, a pretentious a teenage girl, but like if my if my soul could could write lyrics it would be metal like it's like it's kind of like that like the, the words appeal to me and they they say something and uh, it it hits you in a different way like my favorite megadeth song is my last words like just just the line you know uh fill the terror chamber your mind begins to squeeze or your mind begins to scream your life is like a trigger never troubled till you squeeze now you crack a smile to give the gun a tease like it's it's the lyrics say something now what i just mm -hmm. read i th it was like the equivalent of sucker punching an old person just put into lyric form <laughs> like it was just like violent and senseless i have no idea what and uneducated. That, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's what's being pushed on young kids and it mm -hmm. and it's and that's all okay like this, and it, it's, it's just, it's senseless violence and it's, it's an attack on language. Like, I have yeah, no idea yeah. what that, like, I mean that if someone told you that's like, have you seen a clockwork orange? Yeah. Like long it's, time ago, yeah. yeah. But it, like, you know, like the, the dialect that they use in that, like they use, it's, it's kind of like kind of Russian. I, I can't remember what language it is, but they took pieces from another language. Like when they use words like Devochka and. Uh, or, uh, doobie doob. Like they say like very strange, poogly, like weird things, but they took it from another language and, but there it's done artistically where here, like it's just made up noises. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, I don't even yeah. know how yeah, to, it. yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. art. <laughs> no, it, that, and that's the main and it, thing. And it doesn't make you want to pick up an instrument. Like you listen to King diamond. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a guitar or, or try to yeah. <laughs> no yeah, that and that that actually <laughs> happened to point. me like hearing megadeth and iron maiden and king diamond i, I it made me want to pick up the guitar like i just said i have to do exactly mm -hmm. that's that's you know in my opinion what music should do you know um, make make you inspired you know? yes and that's why i believe I mean, rap is at the forefront because if if it's like a rock and roll you pick up an instrument and then you start creating because it makes you feel creative. And when you're creating, you're productive. And when you're productive, you're happy. This doesn't make you productive. Like this, this is like in the nineties when they used to just give little boys Ritalin. So they'd be less productive and easier to manage. It's just like on a global scale, people are no longer inspired to pick up and create because the creative aspects have been removed. Yeah. So, so, gotcha. yeah. so we are, we are, uh, we're approaching the, the hour. Now you, as the guest, you do have veto power over the song that we pick, but might I suggest something from the forgotten era, like Loa House can... or perhaps the pact, which I think are 
two of the better songs that are not, not, uh, not shown as much appreciation, but anything that you would like, you, you, you can pick whatever you'd like. No, but I think you're on the right track there. You know, I mean, definitely lower house with the pack, good songs, definitely. And, um, if I may say something completely different that I am inspired by black Sabbath, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Well, sure. I mean, that's great, but we're, well, I, we don't have the permission to, from black Sabbath to do that, but the great song. We're I talking, understand. Yeah. But yes, uh, uh, great song. That's cool. Also, but also the Bruce Dickinson yeah, cover I, of Sabbath, bloody Sabbath is very good. You haven't heard. That. I really haven't heard yeah. that. Yeah. It's very good, but go on. But if you go back to King diamond, if you go back to the King diamond, um, things, uh, as you mentioned, packed lower house, good. And I would say sleepless nights. Yes. Great songs with a lot of different moods in it, you know, which I think is really good. Some acoustics in the verses, you know, and just melodic solos and great vocals by mm-hmm. King. Great lyrics, you know. That that's in my opinion a really good King Diamond song too. Yeah, I and I remember when uh, King Diamond played live, he said, I'm getting on in my years and I'm starting to appreciate those sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah but so uh it, would that be your pick for our break song would be sleepless night yeah i think i think that would be because you know the album is great in, in i mean the whole album is great I great sounding uh, yeah. um you know, a visit yeah. from the dead that one's amazing at all the grave, songs. at the graves is, is my favorite it just, at what, the graves great song. what a way great to song, open it? a record yeah yeah all right, so yeah. Andy, it has been a blast. I don't, I could, I could keep going for another five hours. I know you, you're pressed for time, but um, th- yeah. this has been a blast. And any time you ever want to come back, you are always welcome. But if anything, yeah, that I was just like, going to say, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's do it. You know, another hour at some time in the future. That would be great. You know, to do that. You know, we can talk about. Completely different things too, you know. That's absolutely oh, that'd be amazing. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll we'll send we'll yeah. we'll do what we normally do. We'll send you our show prep, and then you can uh, give your in, in, input <laughs> on that. But anything that you would like to plug, anything at all, the the, the floor is yours. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. But I mean, if you, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna edit this a little bit, right? Probably not. But anything you'd like me to, I will. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but I mean. If it just sounds stupid with, I wasn't aware about, you know, the Black Sabbath song and stuff like no, that. No, that's so fine. That's fine. No, oh, no, that's staying just, in. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I'll cut that. But because I didn't know. They, you know, I, I thought, you know, like whatever song, you know, could be wished for, you know, but that's fine. Yeah, that, that's fine. Well, so now people know that you, well, now people know that that's a song that you endorse and recommend. So, and you know. uh, <laughs> that inspires you too. Yeah. And, and, and now, you know, you could look up the Bruce Dickinson version. It's very good. Yeah. Cool. And when you have the time, you know, please send me the links to your productions too. You know, it would be cool to hear, you know, I mean, it's interesting. We gotta oh. get AC in your studio, uh, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, cool. I'll drive, I'll drive on up. I love to work with you. <laughs> I love to work with you. You know that'll be great. I yeah. love the shirts too. Oh yeah, no, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for all your hard work. I mean, honestly, yeah, just I mean, you know? hey man, thank you. 
and just, you know, make it look and sound good, you know, and I'm happy, you know. It, no doubt. It, anything you'd like to to tell the people about before you sign off? Um Sure. Um, I really hope that uh, we're going to have some activity with King Diamond, you know, next year or starting now, I believe, you know, with like going back to to uh, arranging the songs that we have started with. You know, I really hope we do that very soon. And then, you know, I just hope that uh, we'll see you out on the road, you know, soon. You know, that's all I can say. That's that's what I hope for. Same here. <laughs> All right, Andy. It has been uh, a dream. Yes. So thank you so much. And we hope to, to see you again in the not too distant future. And you know what? We will uh, be uh, joining you after the break, everybody. And until then, this is Sleepless Nights by King Diamond.
Welcome back. Thank you, Andy LaRoque, for being our guest. And I mean, if you haven't heard Sleepless Nights before, now you have. And go check out not only the entire album, but the entire King Diamond discography. It is something that you are really missing out on if you haven't heard King Diamond before. But I wanted to uh, not necessarily transition, but kind of talk a little bit about drill rap. Um, and that it's smooth segue. Oh, you like that? I do. <laughs> uh, the hip-hop genre first started in Chicago. Um, For those of you who've mean, never listened to this show before. Yeah, yeah, if you never heard. Oh, also, by uh, the way, um, I didn't know this, but Chief Keef uh, is, yeah, is a drill yeah. rapper. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's a forefather, as it turns out. And it's uh, funny, he... Well, a a trailblazer. Yeah, trailblazer. Um yeah, he's connected with like uh, Kanye West. Him and his little group like recorded one of Kanye's. You don't say. Uh, Yeezus. <laughs> but yeah, Chief Keep has some connections to another drill rapper who we have actually mentioned, Pop Smoke. So the late so, Pop Smoke. Yeah, the late Pop Smoke. So yeah, Chief Keep uh, has collaborated with artists such as Kanye West, Rick Ross, Travis Scott, Lil Uzi, and Trippy Red. That's a that's quite the crew. <laughs> Little doozy. Yeah, and it's funny too when you look up these people, it'll be like, oh, Pop Smoke, you know, um, he he uh, he died or found it was found dead. And I'm like, wasn't he murdered like horrifically they, by like a group of people? And it's like, oh, he he died unfortunately. That now <laughs> now to that was it's the really guy weird. that was the guy who was staying at the Airbnb of like so yes. it was like owned by the child of some Hollywood actor, like, Oh, that's right. Some, yeah. And then like he, he posted like, here's the address where I'm staying. And here's a <laughs> picture of me next to a bunch of watches and, and uh, stacks of money. Yo, it's lit. Let's go. No cap bus and whatever zoomers say. And then like, just people kicked the doors down, killed and robbed him. Yeah, and I think like a 15 or 16 year old was the one who like yeah. <laughs> ended up taking the rap for it. <laughs> well, good on him. No 
a real go getter. You gotta have a fall guy. I don't know if he was the fall guy. <laughs> he may have been the ringleader for all we know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Well, when Chief Keef uh, released his first album or whatever you want to call it when he was 16, and this is your, your forefather. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, see, them releasing an album at 16 is like anyone else releasing an album at 40. Like, they, they're all killed at 22 anyway. When did yeah, Pop so Smoke he, die? Was Pop Smoke like twenty or twenty one? He was he was real young when he was yeah, killed. He was young. Yeah, maybe twenty three. Yeah, Keep's breakout song was "I Don't Like," which was remixed by uh, remixed in twenty twelve by Kanye West, uh, and that's why it gained national attention. This debut single reached seventy three on the Billboard Hot one hundred and fifteen on the Billboard Hot Rap Songs chart. So it's like all these debuts end up being like these mega hits. And they're, and they're all produced by these like mega stars. It's like these people, like, how do you have, like, how do you get an audience with these people? No, I I don't know. And then there's another rapper who came up in my search. I looked up, Oh, what are the, what are the 17 drill songs to know? Or the 15 best drill rappers? Yeah. 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 That's what I was trying to do. Like top (laughs) drill rappers. (laughs) I really tried to find out what the most offensive drill rap songs, but I ended up just saying like the best songs. All right. Well, I'm not going to find out what's, I guess it's kind of stupid because they're all offensive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. well, well, before you go on, like I'm going to read the first verse of, I don't like a F N that's <laughs> the S I don't like bang, bang a snitch. N. that's the S I don't like bang, bang. A bitch, and that's the S I don't like, bang, bang. Sneak dissers, that's the S I don't like, bang, bang. Don't like, don't like, don't like, don't like. A snitch, and that's the S I don't like, sauce baby. It's SOS, I don't know what that means. Uh, don't like, don't like, don't like, don't like. A bitch, and that's the S I don't like. You gotta lay so, out sauce, maybe. I, it's SOS. I have no idea. It's SOS apostrophe. So clearly it's shortened of something. It's yeah, like, that's a, specifically ridiculous. Well, it's, it, well, it's so weird. Yeah. Maybe it's like, you have to, you have to be on drugs to understand the wall. You have to murder someone to understand drill rap. Cause like it's, it's SOS apostrophe. So it's shortened of something and it's already slang. So I, I don't understand it at all. It's, it's really ridiculous, but it was remixed by Kanye West and like this, like, and the, you know, the, the chorus doesn't, I guess that is the chorus is the first slide. Uh, but it doesn't get more intelligent. It just stays consistently stupid. No, it sounded like you just said the same words over and over. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Like he's rhyming like with like, (laughs) and then he says, don't like, don't like, don't like, don't like a bunch of times, (laughs) but go on. Well, I reached this guy, uh, and and this is another thing, like with the Laurel Canyon stuff, you keep going into like all these rabbit holes. And then I I tried not to do this with, with the rabbit holes, but I'll go down it a little bit. Rabbit holes. Rabbit, rabbit holes. Rapid, like rapper. Rapid, yeah. Rapid, rapid. <laughs> rapid. <laughs> there's, your, there's your pun for the day. Yeah. Um, Mr. Uh, King Von, and it's funny too because when you read about him from the drill rap side, it's like, oh, he's 
you know, he's been in a lot of trouble and he's been in a, a lot of, you know, arrested a bunch of times, but, you know, he's gained a lot of respect in the community before even releasing anything. Like, that's how you gain respect by murder. Yes. And then, yes, there is. That's how they do. <laughs> so, like, that makes no sense. Um, and apparently, if you look, there's this, like, I wouldn't say cool, but you had actually sent this to me a while back. But if you look at this, like, Reddit, Reddit, um, whatever page it talks about King Von maybe being the first rapper serial killer. Oh. Uh yeah. That's so a, that's that's, a, good. that's, and, that's and good. That's a good there's like a there's like a four hour documentary on it. So I, I watched a little bit of it and I'm like, wow, this is like not not something I should be watching before going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well now well you know it's the Forever. Halloween it's the Halloween season. Oh, yeah. So the Halloween season. Let's let's crush up on our, our murders like by King Von. King of the murders. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I could have spent a lot of time on that. But I thought it was interesting, this this other guy that's on this this top 15 rappers you, you can't miss, or whatever, uh, is K Flock. And he might be in a little bit of legal trouble, apparently. Uh-oh. So go figure. Because on uh, December 23rd, 2021, it was reported, uh, oh, his real name is Perez. He was arrested after allegedly shooting the and killing 24-year-old Oscar Hernandez. Uh, was that the was that the was that the the football player? <laughs> no, that's uh, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He, he, he killed himself. He suicided oh, yeah. himself in prison. Yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. So Oscar Hernandez, Oscar Hernandez is also known as O Y Wasca and or Poncho. In Harlem, New York, uh, according to New York uh, Police Department, on December 16, 2021, Perez walked past a barber shop near the scene of the crime. Uh, Hernandez ran out of the shop before allegedly being shot in the neck and back by Perez. These people always shoot everyone in the back. Uh, Hernandez well, later died of his injuries at Mount Sinai. Well, you Sinai. know what? I want to. I want to paint a picture, though. You know what probably okay. happens. They probably no. get into an argument over something stupid because most of them, they're so young. They're basically still children. Like I know like legal adult age is 18, but mm. for all intents and purposes, it's not like I'm a child. Okay. It's 1159. Oh, look, it's 12. I'm an adult now. I'm, I'm in a completely different mindset. Oh, they magically change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably like, yo, you scuffed my Jordans. What's wrong with you? Like, Hey, yo, you well, Chris Brown's beating people for much less. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. But I'm, I'm, this is the picture that I'm painting. Like you scuffed okay. my Jordans. Yeah. What you going to do about it? Nothing. You a punk. And then the person walks away. And as they're walking away, someone pulls out their gun and shoots them. Because they like their egos are so fragile. Like these guys, these guys are, are such children that like they can't handle. It's not like you scuffed my Jordans. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Hey, it's okay. There's a lot of people here. You didn't see where you were going. Oh, oh, hey, oh, I'm glad you see it that way. Let me buy you a drink. Let's be friends. Okay, sounds good. New bonds are for. It's not like that. Let's put our beefs away, huh? <laughs> yeah, they they don't do that. So yeah, they just uh, over nothing, and it's like, oh well, I, I I can't let him make me look like this. Okay, well I better kill him. Like that way, everyone knows to fear me and never step on my Jordans or 
question my machismo. That's how these guys are. And, and, and that's because they're children. They are, they are mental children. Now you don't really get this outside of, of this group. Like this, just this, how they are. And th- this is what this community is. So you, all the, all these rappers, it's all about being as violent as possible. Cause like they're, they're already like sensations before they release any music, quote unquote, but it's because of their, their violent inclinations. That's what they value. And they like rap because it's violent. Like, oh yeah, yes, yeah. it's all the things that I like doing in the evenings with my, with my other criminal friends, but in lyric form. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see it any different than how you described it as them being like warlords for people. Cause they yeah. literally are. Like, yeah. And this K flock his real name is Kevin Perez. He's born April 20th, 2003. Yeah. 2003. He's 20, yeah, so years, 20 old. years old. Yeah. They're all that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're all children and they're all shot in the back because they're all impulse killing. Like, 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 you know, when you're so mad that you, you like, you just can't help, but take out a weapon and end someone's life. You know how that, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that See, little that little old lady looked at me wrong. Yeah, that 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 guy uh he he ran a red light and I and I had to I had to wait a few seconds before proceeding through the green light. I better follow him down the road and murder him. Yeah, yeah. normal people aren't like that. And this is all encouraged within this community like to the point well, where that's what this whole genre is about. But I'm I'm really trying to to push the they shoot him in the back because it's not like here's a man's respect like we look him in the eye pistols at dawn no it's just like just take out your gun as they're walking away and shoot them because yeah these are are these are essentially like hyenas yeah they're they're not they're not yeah they're not lions these are hyenas no no we uh we've created like a system that rewards psychopaths just like these people like like before they're even making millions of dollars, they're murdering people, and then they're able to release a rap song about them murdering people, and then they get millions of dollars. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't get, understand it. But even researching, the, the very little research on this guy, I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but this K-Flock, I found this article by Alexandra Markovich, and uh, it's from 2021. It goes, K Flock 18 is a rapper from the Bronx, New York. He joined YouTube on May 20. That's not important. And since he has uh, gained a huge following of over 200,000 subscribers, obviously it's a lot more than that now. But it says, who is K Flock? K Flock's real name is K Roy. And that's that's a lie. That's not his name. So why is an article <laughs> getting this stuff wrong? Uh, but. It's it just it's just very confusing too because it says on a different article rapper K Flock indi- uh, indicted on federal racketeering murder charges um, Bronx rapper born Kevin Perez so it's like what why go through the trouble of getting the name wrong I, I don't I don't get that I don't I don't know if it's a big deal or not but K Flock was uh, <laughs> okay. Bronx rapper Kevin, born Kevin Perez, among eight alleged gang members charged with racketeering on Thursday. Uh, that's not the only thing charged with. K-Flock was an emerging drill rapper whose breakout hit, Shake It, featuring Cardi B, was released in April Ah, Cardi B again, eh? Yeah. 
And a year after he murdered someone, like in cold blood, uh, four months yeah, after. And, and also, <laughs> that, that just shows how shameless these people at the top mm-hmm. are. Okay, uh, um, I remember reading this story a long time ago. Uh, uh, Mel Gibson was going to be in one of the Hangover sequels, and the whole like crew, like the cast, threw a little tantrum because they didn't want to be on set with someone so like, horrible. And that was Mel Gibson, who he just went on a drunken racist rant. Like, this is a guy that literally ended the life of someone who had a family just getting a haircut <laughs> no 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 i'm not what they're doing like that's someone like when you like yeah, when yeah, you yeah. die if you die tomorrow it's not just like the world goes hey, wasn't there a guy here no huh whatever no like you have a fiance you have parents you have a brother you have friends you have coworkers. Mm-hmm. like everyone around you gets affected by that and this is someone who decided that they were going to ignore that domino effect. And then they were going to do that to everyone. It's like when you kill someone, you, you affect the lives of everybody around them. And Cardi B is like, yep, I'm probably the, the biggest, uh, woman rapper. Yeah. Well, I'm (laughs) the biggest woman rapper at the time. And yeah, I have no problem working with a murderer you know and and to me the ultimate Mm -hmm. irony is she has had multiple collaborations with megan the stallion someone who should know better than to associate with people like that these people Mm -hmm. are are are, they are more phony than the laurel canyon crowd oh that's a stretch yeah you're right though holy moly bunch of frauds and degenerates really you get to that level <laughs> it's like worst. they're all degenerate <laughs> they like are the worst just when you think it's bad it gets worse it gets even worser <laughs> uh yeah but go on go on uh well so I, I did find a little bit of new newer news on kflock uh there's some new jail photos <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but there's new jail I would laugh, stuff. laugh, laugh. These people <laughs> deserve to be in jail. Good. They it do, but, but the part not to laugh are the comments about it. Um, because there, there's a, some some idiot. We miss that, UK flock? Is that one of them? Troy, August 4th. Oh, okay. Uh, let me read the article real quick and then I'll get to the comments. So, uh. Bronx drill rapper Kay Flock has stayed in the news due to his numerous criminal run-ins, including a murder rap from a deadly shooting outside of Harlem. Yeah, we got that. Uh, that Shake It song, it peaked at number 51 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and then, let's see here. With headphones and longer hair, Kay Flock has been seen in new flicks from behind bars. Kay Flock's co-defendant, Sticky, <laughs> said on social media, I don't know how they're getting social media in prison, but, uh, well, I guess I'll see you in 30 years after authorities asked him to snitch on flock. K flocks next court appearance is scheduled for December 31st, 2028. And there's two comments to this dummy Croy C R O I. I I see it. Like 2028 next court. Uh, wait a second. Like 2028 next court. That is some crap. Like I need is new album. We miss you flock. 
This dude will kill you when he gets out, you dummy. And then Tanya, we miss you, K Flock. But the funniest like part <laughs> the funniest part of the first one is like the 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 language no. is worse than no. than most of the lyrics in these rap songs. Yeah. Worse it, than your English teacher. <laughs> it's so it's so stupid. It should be the lyrics. That's how stupid it is. But it's funny, he's like twenty twenty eight next court. That's some crap. He's basically saying the next court date is in five years. That's not fair. We need a new K-Flark album. And the funny Me. thing is, you don't <laughs> have enough stuff that sounds like this to tide you over. Right. Is K-Flark so unique and so interesting? Like, we have plenty of other drill rappers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have plenty of other drill rappers that can do the exact same thing. He's not that interesting. And women can do it too. There's a lot of drill. Uh, yeah, there are. <laughs> I, I've I've seen a few of them. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So this this person, um, they're just upset. Yeah, this guy kills people. They don't care. They don't. It, it's not actually. I take that back. They do care because they like it. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah, don't. Got- they don't have the brain power to comprehend that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they will do it to you. It's not like they're, it's not like these people are like the, like the punisher where they're just gunning down people (laughs) that need to be killed. Like they're killing, don't get me wrong. I'm sure plenty of the people killed by drill rappers are not good people that are probably killing people themselves, but that's not how they see it. They're seeing it like this is, this is either a rival warlord or someone that didn't give me the fake respect that I falsely believe I deserve. So I will kill them. Like they'll kill these people over nothing. And well, who took this picture yeah. by the way? Cause, <laughs> cause the thing know. that I noticed there's bars in it. Is it from like a, like a, a zoom call or, or something? Cause, it, yeah, cause I didn't the, catch picture, that. Yeah, you're right. the picture is really low res. So it looks like it's a, it's either a picture of a screen or it's a, a picture of, um, a picture. Well, it's by Shah B. Allah. Well, that, well, I think, no. I think that, no, I think that's who wrote the article. Oh, the article. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shah, Shah B. Allah. I, I don't know. Shah B. Allah. They, they, they're a, a source magazine staff writer. They're, uh, they wrote about like Red Bull Culture Clash. <laughs> oh, dude, that's something I've seen. Is all the? It, it's it, literally. It, it's not even a paragraph. It's it's like a sentence. Yeah, you got nothing. It's two sentences, and that's a staff writer. <laughs> this is embarrassing. It is. But go on. Go on. Go on. Let's see here. Well, well, in the meantime, I just saw this also on, on the source, like a related thing. Cardi B takes a step towards resolving civil assault, legal feud rapper. And Grammy. Oh, that's what I thought. But here <laughs> plot thickens rapper and Grammy winning artist. Cardi B is closer to resolving a longstanding legal dispute with a female security guard who accused her of assault in 2018. 
So that recent thing may not have been the first microphone ever thrown, but that doesn't surprise me. Because, oh, no. I mean, she's, she's, she's associating with, with drill rappers. So she's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure ha- has like a natural inclination towards violence herself. And what we learned with the Laurel Canyon scene is these people have to trust you because you are around their degenerate lifestyle and you're going to witness some murders and some information. And when you, uh, when they feel that they can't trust you anymore, you end up, um, you know, heart attacked or, or drowned, drowning in eight feet of water, like, uh, like, uh, Dennis Wilson or whatever for the beach boys, you know, when you, where, where your yacht is tied up, like, you know, or Cass Elliot, you, you just, well, I, I, th- I think it's, it's much easier these days because you can just, instead of, of trying to, to vet people and curate who you're going to have holding your secrets, you can just get a bunch of violent low IQ monsters and let like, let's just get, well, yeah, well let's, yeah, let's get, (laughs) well, yeah, let's get the lowest of the low and like, we'll just keep showering them with money and fame. And if they commit any crimes, like depending on what it is, you know, we'll use the law to, to either save them or, you know, we'll let them go to jail and, We'll keep going, but this way, like we don't have to find anyone that's going to be like, I don't know if I'm okay with this because you'll just get everyone that's like, yeah, of course I'm okay with this. I do it myself. Like, you're not going to get someone like, like that chief Keefe song that I, I read the, the lyrics of it. Like he says, like, you know, uh, a snitch and that's the S I don't like. So you get people like, you know, you don't, don't get the, those snitches because we're all criminals. Like these are all criminals. So. You don't have to worry about any of them being a snitch because they don't want to get snitched on themselves because they're all committing crimes and it's all understood between them. Like you want this to keep going. You can't blab. So it's just, that's why the the top 40 it's, and it's a different version of this, but again, it's the same people and you get the same people because it's just easier that way. Like it's always Cardi B and Megan, the stallion and, and Nicki Minaj, <laughs> because they're always going to do what they do. Like nothing about them is going to change. Like, they're always just going, they're going to keep being degenerates and you don't have to worry about controlling them. Just keep giving them money and drugs or fame and whatever. And they'll be sound as a pound. Yeah. And I keep going back to that example. I think I gave a while back of like, Imagine these people all coming in to whatever record, like the Monsters of Rock or, or whatever. I'm like, I don't think, I mean, you say that they're going to get along and, and, you know, keep the status quo going, but I think they're going to murder each other. I don't know. You're talking yeah, about the Monsters know, of Rock? Full, yeah, like how if you put all of them together. You're talking about, like, you're talking uh, about the rappers, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I think, no, 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 no. I don't think they're going to get along. I think they, I think oh. they, they all. <laughs> They, no, all it takes is one person stepping on their, on their expensive shoes and another person saying, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's right. You're a punk. And then they just get shot in the back as they're walking away. That's all it takes. But I I'm saying you give them drugs and then they won't get out of line as far as saying like, or money, fame, and drugs, as far as saying like, Hey, I'm not okay with this. Like, this is how everything is going. It's, it's all being orchestrated. 
Um, this is not what you think it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like you give them drugs and they'll all be friends. I don't think mm-hmm. they'll ever really be friends. Cause I think all of these people, cause they're all, they're all psychopaths. Would want to be their friend. <laughs> yeah, well, and and they they all, all of them, I guarantee you, think that they are the the leader of like they are the one. Oh yeah, like not, none of them are. Yeah, none of them are going to be like, well, you know, I'm 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 third in command. This is second in command, and then you know that's that's the king right there. I think they're all like, no, I'm the king. I mean, these people think that they're the king, but I'm the king. I think they're all like that. Like, sure, I, there is like a modicum of respect for like, who's the top dog. But I think chief, Keef. <laughs> sure. But I think everyone at the bottom, that's like, you're so cool. Chief Keef is probably thinking like, you know, one of these days I'm going to kill chief Keef. And then everyone's going to see that yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm the king. And then my, and then my album's going to drop in May. And then they're going to see that. Cause I don't think any of these people really understand what's going on because they never mm-hmm. listened to our deep dive on oral candy. No, you need to, you need to listen to that. But you know they never will. So no, yeah. and it's like Kay Flock has got nine hundred eighteen thousand subscribers on YouTube still, uh, with, with sixty eight million plays. Like this is the type. It's not like some little oh, subgenre. Like they try to make it out. Like it, this is this is mainstream music. This isn't of course. Like ima- <laughs> imagine know? anything having nine hundred thousand subscribers. I d- I don't know. <laughs> I know King Diamond has 5.6 million views on YouTube on their Welcome Home video, like the official video. Oh, well, how out. many subscribers does King Diamond have? Like King Diamond Vivo official or whatever. I'm not sure, but uh, Roadrunner Records actually has like 2.7 million subscribers, so that's actually kind of nice to see. But yeah, but a, and, and the thing is, that's a record label, right? That see, that's Roadrunner Records, so that's yeah. not just King Diamond. You know, that's a that's a right. bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, or or you know, Metal Blade has 1.28 million, but because the thing is with 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 Roadrunner and and Metal Blade, they um they don't just have like the bands that we like. They, they also have, uh, a bunch of bands that we would probably look at as inferior metal. Like right here, King diamond live at the Fillmore, the whole concert, 628,000 views. Right. Well, just pull up the, the, any, any K flock song on YouTube. What, what we got? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'm just going to type K flock right now. K flock yeah, right now. The, the first I actually thing, listened to one of his songs too. It was so bad. It sounded just like everything else. Yeah, that exa- exactly. So That's oh, so like, I got so K flock. Is you ready? 68 million. Yeah, views. That's the one. Yeah. Is you ready? K flock PSA official video, 51 million views. He's yeah. 20 years old in prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his next court date is in five oh, years. But he did King, a lot of, King Diamond a lot of is a highly work. respected artist and band. Unparalleled <laughs> musicianship, you know, like all the way around, like a band that you can't literally cover. That's what I want to ask him. Like, I don't think they've done any covers and like what band could cover King Diamond? Like, well, no and, and, and hey, the, I can do the app. <laughs> computers <laughs> yeah i um 
Uh, da, 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 da. I know Merciful Fate had a cover of Radar Love. Okay. That, that's what I got. Which isn't King Diamond, but yeah, it's close. Sure, yeah, that, yeah, because yeah, King Diamond doesn't need to, to ape off other people. It's create it's it, because he's creative enough as as an artist that oh, let's mm-hmm. just write our own songs. Like Andy was saying, like he's writing his own stuff. So Andy is writing stuff, and I'm sure King Diamond is writing stuff too. So there's never uh, and, and this is something I do think bands do as as they get older is um they do start to do like let's do a like a cover and it's just like it's just fun right yeah so it, it's and it's less about like let's ape off someone else's success it's just like we have a well, million songs let's do something different like that's yeah, that's, say, yeah. that's a different thing for them we're like mm-hmm. cave flock oh. Like there, every everybody sounds like K Flock that 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 yeah. acts like K Flock. It's it's not like this guy saying we need a new K Flock album. There, every other drill rapper sounds like that. It's basic me. beats with someone saying like oh, blah blah blah. I kill someone blah blah blah. Like I, I'm just I'm making those noises because a lot of these words I, I have no idea. Like with the blat, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got, noises I, sound smarter than the words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't do it justice. Like, I, okay, so I have the lyrics for "Dead High Smoking Eight by Spinabends." Bitch, I'm riding in a Maybach. The back seat's <laughs> laid back. Maybe it's Maybach. I don't know. I'm oh, I'm yeah, with I'm with all the smoke. If you want pressure, and say that in the Z06 ride in top speed, 300. I did the whole dash. Three dead ends in my grab a leaf. Ask you bitch and I smoke gas. Tornado kid go. Y'all know y'all smoke dead ends, right? Y'all know y'all smoke dead ends. I let's go. BMW I8. Fly bitch who wanna race. I'm driving this bitch so mother F fast. I might die like eight. Backseat smoking eight. In Texas, when I roll with Ace, ashes all in his Maybach. Hey, say spins, don't smoke no more today. Riding in a Range Rover. Riding, switching lanes, go. That G-Wagon got hydraulics at rock with the effing road, go. How the F this end gangster. And he effing told, bro. We all seen the paperwork. I don't effing know. Spot a man snitching, gang. Spot a man's tripping, gang. Spot him. See you later. Ends bitches gang. 30 on my pendant (laughs) gang. 27 on my neck piece. Altogether, that's 50 gang. A wop wop. A I just told this N. A I told this N prince. A send me that mother effing uh. That mother effer. A my mama gonna love that. You heard me gang gang. Did it say my mama gonna love that? Yeah. And that, that's, that's all the lyrics. That's, uh, that's bad. Yes. You know, yes, it is do bad. You, do, do you want to know who, um, what record label K-Flock is on? Of course I do. Capital Records. I did not expect that. I thought you were going to say like Death Row <laughs> or Bad Boy. Like, no. I really thought you were going to say like, Records. like one of no. the obvious like rapper. Like, no. Oh my gosh. No. 
Capitol Records. <laughs> wow, that hurts my yeah. brain. Yeah, it should. It it, it should. Jeez, as well as Ice Spice, that's another female drill rapper. But yeah, oh, I yeah, I, 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 I see, I, I see that name pop up. I had no yeah. idea what Ice Spice was. I guess you know yeah. what? I have a feeling that we're gonna. And Neil start... Diamond is on Capitol Record. It's all connected. It's the same people. Paul McCartney. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that in in the future we're gonna start seeing we're gonna start seeing a a lot of um a lot of drill rappers like that's going to be the, I know they already are mainstream well they're already but, in the streets but now they'll be making more music <laughs> yeah I I think that oh, that's God. gonna be the the next uh, thing that's that's done. I, not I think criminals are just drill rappers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what's what's going. And ABBA to is on Capitol Records. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Tied back oh. to the first hour. So Ice Spice did a song with Taylor <laughs> Swift. Oh, that's nice. Uh, plenty of songs with Nicki Minaj. No, we we've missed out on uh, informing our audience of the big Taylor Swift news. Well, who cares? Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no one, right. no, no one cares about that. But apparently, uh, yeah, she put a sports star on the map, one of the most popular NFL stars. Oh, she put on the map. Well, because yeah. it's because it's sports related, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. Go ahead, you can tell. Oh me. yeah, the, yeah, but she's apparently dating Travis Kelsey. The, I don't. Oh, that guy from the, the tight end. He was in the, the Eagles. Tight end. The uh, well, that's his brother, Jason Kelsey. But oh, never mind. That's pretty good though. But he's on the. Uh, I only I only Chiefs. know him. From the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And That's a good no. show. Oh, yeah, it is a good show. Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So she was um, I'm just looking at Ice Spice. Yeah, she's a oh, yeah. hip-hop drill rapper. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think in the next few years, because that's, that's the trend that I've seen is just, it's the same five people over and over as like the, the big artists. And then now I think it's, they're trying to, to shift it to drill rap. And, and then it's just going to be just warfare in the street. I, I have, I have no idea how I, and you, you will not be able to, to, to shove this genie back in the bottle. Like, it's interesting. Well, sorry to, to like, I just thought of this too, because let me just give this example. I'll go back to sports. Trevor Bauer is a he was a pitcher for the Dodgers and he won like a Cy Young, the highest award you could get. When there's an allegation that he did something to a woman, well, immediately the Dodgers got rid of all of his apparel out of their team store. They 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 just they distanced themselves. They did all this stuff. I'm looking at CapitalRecords.com and they're still advertising K Flock, who has literally murdered people. Well, right, so, because and, they, and Trevor, they want yeah. they want to promote these murderers. So and here's this. Though. So this is what that I really this is what them. I this is what I believe. Uh, never mind. I won't talk about it. But yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but um, they they want this behavior normalized. They they want people to see this, and they want people to just say, "Ah, well, you know, it is what it is." Like that. That's yeah, that's, that's that's where it's at. Like they don't. They don't want people to just kind of say, oh my gosh, is this horrible? Can you believe there's murderers? Well, no, they want people to say like, what? So people get murdered every day. What's, what's the big mm. deal? Like they just want that to be normal. Oh, 
Yeah, and like Trevor Bauer is in Japan right now because like literally the Major League Baseball was like, oh no, you can't play baseball here because you allegedly choked some girl during sex. Well, who do you think you are, Chris Brown? (laughs) You think you can get away with that? (laughs) Oh yeah, you know, like that's such a joke. And it even like and yeah, like we're talking about millionaires, but this dude literally has lost out on sixty million dollars, if not more. Uh, and then you have this this dude K Flock probably making that amount of money in prison. Oh yeah, I you know, know like the, it, the, it's a scam, total scam. Thank you, Capitol Records, for for giving us such great music. Well, who fa- who founded <laughs> Capital Capitol Punishment? Who, who founded Capitol Records? Well, it- the the building was uh, built by an architect that built a lot of the. Uh, Laurel Canyon people's homes and stuff yeah. around there. Yeah, I, I, so I had a feeling it was something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I mean, imagine it's the same idea. Johnny Mercer, Buddy De Silva, and Glenn Wallach. You think that guy's related to Eli Wallach? From yeah. the cowboy movies? I'm unfamiliar. Where is that Eli Wallach? What's that guy? Tim Wallach? I know Eli Eli Wallace. But different different guy. It's like like he's unrelated. Well, yeah, yeah, they it, they they want it. They want it normal. It's it's all it's all normal. It's it's and it's not because, well, sorry, that's what the kids like. No, 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 no. You gave it to the kids. It's it's the equivalent of of like, why do you sell heroin? Well, the kids like it. No, they're addicted <laughs> to it. You they got them. Get of it. You got them addicted to it, so that's why they're buying it. If you didn't oh, give like it, it to them, they wouldn't be craving it because this this is the same thing. Like this, is, and because it's rap, we'll call it crack. Like you gave them crack, which is this this violent, quick high that's really cheap and easily accessible. It doesn't do anything other than make them crazy. And you, you've created the problem. It's not because, well, the kids are into it. It's not like for years there was an underground rap scene and, and it just made its way to the mainstream because the, all these people they're associating with all these, these mainstream rappers. So, you know, someone is grabbing them and putting them in meetings with Cardi B and, and Nicki Minaj and I, who else was in there with, with Chief Keef? Kanye West. Oh, yeah, Kanye. Hipmo. Young Chop produced I Don't Like. <laughs> yes. Produced by Young Chop. You know Young Good Chop? Names. I don't know Young Chop. Oh, you don't know him? You don't, you don't roll with him? I see a picture of we him. We know Wampa with the Chopper, but we've, we've covered him. Yeah, of course. He's, He's a, a classic. Classic. Totally classic. <laughs> classic. <laughs> Yeah, great stuff. I mean, I got, I got all the album is by uh, Spinabens is the Tornado Kid. I don't understand it. And then he has an album with or with um with Wapa with the Choppa called Bristol Sons. the The cover is pretty funny, but it's four songs. Wap Part One. A O C Bass. This is a hit. But I'm trying to f f f f f f a free max no bap all right. I see you watching me, your friend. I'm watching both of y'all back. I see you watching WAP from the stands. 
I don't give an F about that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get up in there and go crazy. Heard it's over capacity. All right. Bitch, I'm four days in. I hope this strong bite wear <laughs> off by Sunday. Why you want to go tell everybody we F? You being so dramatic. All right. I just found out who this hoe been effing. I thought this hoe was classy. No, shit. <laughs> I ain't kicking S with your son. He don't even know his real dad. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sounds like he's trying to play video games with the son. He's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's someone else's son. I know. It's this girl's son. Like this, th- this girl's son wants to play video games with him. And he's like, nah, <laughs> you don't even no. know your daddy. okay that was pretty (laughs) funny now that was just Uh, part one i can't wait for wop part two oh uh, yeah remember attica yes uh and no cap is it well well well, we got attica part two oh no way yeah yeah highly anticipated wow yeah yeah i'm looking at the lyrics i'm not going to read them I mean, I'm reading them here, but it looks pretty similar to Attica Part One. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's and my my point here is it's all the same. It's not like I go to this one drill rapper because he hits harder than the other one. But no, they're they're <laughs> all the same thing. They all talk. They all talk like babbling dummies. And now hopefully. And they just, and, and it, it's all violent murder. Like, that's it. So, like, there's no way, like, no, no, this guy's beats are actually good. No, you listen to it because it's about violence. I need to even make the beats. <laughs> well, that too. That's the main thing. All they, all they do is say, like, hey, yo, bap, add, uh, kill, bitch, no S, I effing with you. I, yo, yeah. That's what's up, well, no hope- cap. I hope they don't do um, an add a K part three and, you know, where they add three Ks. That might not be good. Well, I mean, these guys, they're already (laughs) shocking. They're very smart. (laughs) Well, that that too. That would actually be, actually, I hope they do do that. That's pretty (laughs) funny. And I hope the cover uh, and the cover is like, nah, see what? No, these are ghosts on the cover (laughs) of all the people we killed. And I I hope that's what happens. And they're just like completely oblivious to everything because they're that stupid. Like all, like they're just so bloodthirsty, like that, oh, yeah. like their, their brain only sends like impulses to the parts of their body that allows them to cause harm to others. Like that's all they can do. Like they can write lyrics that offend me on an intellectual level. And then they can pick up a gun and shoot innocent people. Sometimes not so innocent. Now here's the one thing I found interesting uh, on this album, the tornado kid. There's a song called War Stories. Now, hmm. I, I, there was a, a Tupac song. I think it was either called War Stories or Sharon War Stories. Something like that. Uh, let me double check here. Tupac War Stories. It's on all Trading eyes on War me. Stories. Trade in War Stories. Okay. Yeah. Now that and now uh, this is the thing that I noticed is there's a song called it's got Don't. Good lyrics too. Well, it's a song called Don't Picture Me Rollin', where there was a Tupac song on that same album called Picture Me Rollin'. So I'm wondering if uh, he just stole the music from those two songs and then did his stupid, uh, violent, unintelligible rap over. They're not very very original. No, of course not. (laughs) They they recycle the same garbage. Yeah, it's like they only have like 
like 20 total words they can use and then they just mix them around. Now, are you aware of the band The Dead Kennedys? I am. So Jello Biafra told this story once about how he constructed the song A Boy and His Lawnmower. And what he did was he had the lyrics and he wasn't sure how he wanted to structure it. So what he did was he just started moving different words around and that was eventually how he did it. Like he had all the words and then he just kind of moved around where they would be. And then that was how he, he came upon the, the final version of that song. So, and, and that's, and that's how I picture these guys. Like, pro- like realistically, it's probably like maximum 50 different words. And then they just and mix those around. And then like, they're there. Boom. There's your drill rap song. It's like a bitch F mother <laughs> N S uh, kill cap. No snitch dis. And like, it's like that. Just there. There's your song. Those are the words you use. Just throw them around. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, like I, I really think that's how that's how it's done. Like they just well, they have like a pool of words to draw from. <laughs> they like stick their hand in and then they, they just, got a Venn diagram. Plop it on yeah, and they just like plop it on the table and like, okay, here's our song. I bet you could have like AI like you could have a chat oh, yeah. chat GPT like write me a drill rap song using these words. I bet it I bet it could. I and I wouldn't uh-huh. be surprised if they use chat GPT to write lyrics. Or uh, rappers songs do that. at this point, yeah, because it's not like they're talking about anything important. They're the grammar might about... be too much for them, though. They can understand. Oh, they can too. clean that up with like tr- <laughs> change, change, change these two words into a butchered um, portmanteau. Like that's how you do it. What's portmanteau mean? Don't worry about it. I got you covered. I'm your handler. I'll I'll answer uh, any questions that you have for me, but don't ask me any questions. Just do what I tell you. I bet, I bet a lot of these producers, like with that, that Lizzo having <laughs> like, like, uh, 457, uh, producers on her album, yes. you know, one for each pound of fat she has on her. <laughs> so I, I'm sure you have oh. people that are there. Like you have chat GPT, write The song, and then you have people to, to clean it up to, well, not really so much clean it up, but actually dirty it up like to turn mm, it to yeah. turn it from like clear it up inte- drill rap style <laughs> to turn it from intelligible lyrics to make it as confusing and unintelligent as possible it's like it's like the bizarro language like that's that's basically mm-hmm. the, the the goal here want to make it as stupid as possible well i found something pretty funny this is like in in england Drill Rap Gang 1011 banned from making music with violent lyrics in landmark case. When I first saw that, I'm like, ooh, they're banning lyrics, but it looks like it's in the UK. So five members of a drill music group have been slapped with tough restrictions on their lyrics, videos, and performances in a landmark case. It in what is believed to be the first order of its kind, the judge on Friday also banned the group from making music with violent lyrics and ordered them to inform police about upcoming videos and shows. They've also been banned from mentioning death or injury in their songs or on social media. Well, that's going to be tough. 
that <laughs> that that removes like thirty and, of of their and, fifty and, words. And uh, criminals are really good at following rules and laws. So that, I'm sure this is gonna that gonna too. Go very well. That's what they're most known for these days. <laughs> now the gang members who are part of the one zero one one drill group based in Ladbroke Grove, West London, have had millions of views on YouTube with tracks in the genre linked to a rise in violent crime. Jonas Germa, 21, Micah Badeau, 19, Isaac Marshall, 18, Jordan Badeau, 17, and Rise Herbert, 17, were issued with three-year criminal behavior orders by Scotland Yard's Trident Gang Crime Unit after they were locked up for conspiracy to commit violent disorder. Conspiracy. Yeah, so these guys were <laughs> were going to do something violent, and then this is what happened. Okay, you can't make violent music anymore. Police have connected right, the we're... genre of rap music, which often features masked or hooded groups talking about guns, drugs, and stabbings. That's uh, that's that sounds like the title of the next uh, K Flock record: <laughs> the rise in violent crime in the capital. And there's a there's a picture of these uh, gentlemen, and they they look like the the kind gentlemen you want to yeah. bring home to 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 dinner, like maybe a church brunch. Yeah, they're doing missionary work. Fine, upstanding gentlemen. <laughs> the orders say on social media and in music videos and performances, the men must not encourage violence. Mention named postcodes in a gang context, or make reference to the death of Tawiz, the nickname of 19-year-old Abdullah Tarabi, who was fatally stabbed in West London. So these guys were probably part of that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So and and this is this is their response. Like, hey, can't do that on social media. You can't rap about it. Hey, knock that off, guys. <laughs> no, what they're really yeah. saying is like, stop getting caught. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because like, well, well, they're yeah, and they're not doing anything about the actual crime. They're just no, saying like, well, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that's why we're like, why I said we're we are rewarding psychopaths. With yeah. Well, like, well, well. Like, they're not. They're definitely not punishing them. And and we see how their hierarchy works. Is the the more violent you are, the the more respect you gain. So the thing mm-hmm. is, these guys are respected no matter what. Cause and then what what's what's gonna happen is there's just you, bro. there's there's just going to be new metaphors put out for for murder and stabbings and whatever. Oh, there'll be yeah. just new adake words like this yeah, exactly. Make some other nonsense that means exactly like, yeah you murder someone yeah yeah yeah. There's gonna be a new there's gonna be a new metaphor added for, for those brain. things. <laughs> yeah, take away your brain, subtract a brain, no <laughs> brain, add so a hole. <laughs> All right, no yeah. longer can say rip out his heart with my bare hands. It'll be you gotta bad. say break up with him. Break up <laughs> Dump him. Yeah, like that, and that's what's gonna happen. And and yeah. and then you're probably gonna have a bunch of record executives, one of the many producers on on people like Lizzo's albums coming in and saying, like, okay, so let's come up with a new way to do it, and then that's gonna be put out I- into the the drill rap world. All right, we're and gonna then, murder the people after the songs. <laughs> oh no! Well, that's they're ne- the murder's never gonna stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but but it, it's just the the new words are are gonna be put out there. Like this is the the what you put in your rap song. So it doesn't. 
doesn't say kill or murder. Changing the language. But it means it. So you do that until you until that gets exposed, and then we'll just keep we'll keep it going because they're they're trying to keep it going as long as possible. Because no one's trying to clamp down on it. And and it is and it, it's it's not popular because people like it. People like it because it's widely available. You make something easily available. It's this, it's the same thing. It's like, it's, it is, it's bad for them, but they become addicted to it. It's like the best, the best metaphor for it is the drugs. Like you've introduced Mm. crack to these people and now they don't like it. They're they're addicted. Same thing. That's another drug. Yeah. I mean, pornography is probably a better thing. Because people don't realize that porn is so addictive. So yeah, you, you have these people like every, like if you say like, Hey man, you want to smoke or like, do you smoke crack? Most people are going to say, geez, Louise, no, what's wrong with you? That's terrible. Hey, Drug, drugs are bad. But if you say, Hey man, do you watch porn? Oh yeah. Everyone watches porn. It's no big deal. Like, do you like drill rap? Ah, oh, yeah. Everyone likes drill rap. It's no big deal. You don't realize it, 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 pollutes your brain the reason that slang is so low brow is because this is where it comes from like like when you when you destroy the language and and you encourage people to be intellectually lazy it's gonna make it's gonna stunt intellectual growth like these Mm -hmm. people say these things it, it, it makes no sense like what like what is what are half of these words mean like bussin and no cap and stuff like like these words are nonsense like i do i do know what no cap means it it comes from you don't have any caps on your teeth so that's how you know that they're telling the truth that's what it means well why would you say no cap why would why why not just say i'm not lying or i'm telling you the truth yeah no cap no cap that's stupid you're, you're, you're That's being, smart. you're, you're being intellectually dwarfed and everyone that's intellectually dwarfed is less likely to, uh, do anything smart, like not be fooled or they're more likely to be taken advantage of and listen to stupid things like drill rap. So I like these two sides of the coin. We got, we got like, like the, the Zenith of, of, of musicianship hour one. And then we got the absolute (laughs) bottom. What what do they call that? Peaks Uh, and valleys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, debauchery in the second hour. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. When rap comes up, nothing good comes out of it, but DJ, why don't you go ahead and take us home? Feels good to be back. Yeah, it's really good. And we want to thank Andy LaRoque for hopping on. Uh, you can catch him at Sonic Train Studios. Hit him up. I mean, amazing guy. Uh, Brad, hope we can get him back on quickly. Purchase every great... Diamond album as well. Yes, yes. And get your producer work done by him. Fly over to Sweden. Get get going. Get on that. And Sweet you too, AC. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of say, you know, it, it, you you want to have good information and it seems like you know the people following the drill rappers don't have good information 
And I think for us, we want to really start finding out what causes people to, to start believing in something that is so repeatedly falsified. You know, this isn't good for the culture. It's not, and it's spreading. It's not just an American uh, genre or, or culture or music. It's gotten into the UK. It's gotten into even um, in the King Diamonds land in, in the Sweden where Andy LaRoque lived. So I think it's important to understand what it is you're consuming, what is the point of it. And the problem, you just have to ask yourself, am I being stupid here? Am I being tricked here? You know, if you, if you start asking yourselves those two questions, I think you could live your life a lot clearer. But hey, go pick up an instrument, Go listen to King Diamond. Uh, go listen to individual thought patterns. Uh, Andy's appeared on many other um, albums, or he's been a studio guitarist, I believe, with other musicians. I mean, really a great dude to go follow, follow his history. And, you know, thank you again, Andy, for coming on, and everyone out there. Thank you again for tuning into the Metal Podcast. We are done with the Laurel Canyon deep dive, and now we're on to more, uh, you know, back to, to, to our bread and butter. So everybody stay safe out there.